0: If you are enjoying Denver's four-game winning streak, then hit that sub button. Keep the good times rolling and help us reach eighteen thousand four hundred subscribers. Now, let's jump into all the latest coming out of Denver. Welcome on into the five and five Broncos breakdown, and happy Victory Monday to everyone watching right now, because this. Might not have been the prettiest of wins, but it's still a win. And the Broncos, who looked deader than dead just a month or so ago at 1-5, have clawed their way out, and they are now 5-5, five and, five, and they are very much in the playoff race. Now, I understand this win was not the prettiest of wins. Even Mike McGlinchey acknowledged that after the game. But let me tell you this right now. Never apologize for wins. A lot of work. Has to be done, especially on the offensive side of the ball, specifically in the red zone, which we'll get to later on in the video. But let's just get this out in the open right now: the 2016 to 2022 Broncos, the post payton Manning area, Pey- Peyton Manning era, they lose that game last night ten times out of ten. I mean, we have seen that game so many times over the last half decade plus where Denver's in a close game, offense isn't looking good, defense kind of keeping them in the game and whatnot, but ultimately, the Broncos usually find a way to lose that game, whether it's a missed field goal at the end, not scoring a touchdown, but now, two straight games where Denver has found ways to win. This is what Sean Payton was talking about, about wanting to win immediately, getting the losing culture out, getting that losing stink out of this locker room, and instead of finding... Good ways to lose, if that's even a thing. They're finding ugly ways to win, but they're still wins, and they'll figure out the details throughout the course of the week in practice. Now, we do have some big news to talk about on today's show, and that is Kareem Jackson has been suspended without pay for four games, according to Adam Schefter, for repeated violations of playing rules intended to protect the health and safety of players. Initially, when I saw this hit, I think a lot of us agreed, oh, it looks like a good hit, right? I mean, didn't look like anything that would warrant a four-game suspension. And then you kind of watch it in slow-mo, and you go, ooh. He sort of came in like a college football targeting call, which is leading with the crown of the helmet, you know, spearing the guy and whatnot. It didn't go to the head, in my opinion. It kind of went to Josh Dobbs' shoulder. Maybe it grazed the chin area a little bit. However, K-Jack came into this game, riding a two-game suspension that just got lifted, and he clearly showed the NFL he did not learn any sort of lesson, and ultimately, the NFL wants to punish him again, and I don't blame them. Like, no one likes to be the guy at the lunch table who's got the dirty player on their team. Now, Kareem Jackson, he's going to be a fourth liner and whatnot, and Denver is unfortunately paying a price, or Kareem Jackson is unfortunately paying a price, right? Four flags. $89,000 $89,000 in fines so far from the NFL, two rejections, and up until this point, $279,000 in paychecks lost, and now up from two games suspended, actually, to six games suspended. Fun fact, a little peek behind the scenes here. We actually filmed in the entirety of today's show, and then five minutes later, the Kareem Jackson news broke. So we had to refilm the front half of the video. But Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, are not going to be on the field together for the next four weeks. Maybe that number goes down. K-Jack did appeal his previous suspension, and they brought it down to two games. I'm not quite sure if the NFL is going to be willing to appeal or reduce a second suspension, but if Kareem Jackson, well, he's out for at least the foreseeable future, but when Kareem Jackson is out, who's in? P.J. Locke is injured, so that leaves really one backup in my eyes, and unfortunately, it is not a good option. DeLaron-Turner-Yell, the worst safety in football, literally. BFF has him ranked 88th out of 88 qualifying players. Bottom of the league for all safeties. Overall grade, 41.1. Yards per reception, 23. Passer rating allowed, 158.3. So what does that all mean? It means this, we need P.J. Locke to get healthy. We need PJ Locke back on the field as soon as possible, because Denver's defense without Kareem Jackson is a very different defense. I know it might not feel like it just from the safety standpoint, but we'll look at the numbers in a little bit, and you'll see what I'm you'll see what I'm seeing. But let me know: should the Broncos sign a safety, or are you content for the next month with a playoff balance? You know, playoff hopes in the balance here. Rolling with DeLair and Turner, yell and. J.L. Skinner or the rookie or maybe an injured P.J. Locke if he can come back soon? Or should the Broncos look to the open market and add a free agent safety to keep themselves above water? Now, I'm not trying to drive any narrative with these numbers. I just find them interesting because there are kind of pros and cons to both sides. But you can look at Denver's defense with their two starting safeties on the left and without their two starting safeties or at least one of those two starting safeties on the right. When they don't have Jackson and Simmons both starting, they're giving up nine more points a game. Yards is up, passing yards is up. However, when they are with Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons, their record is worse than without them. However, I think that's more of an attribute. Uh, that's more of a, uh, of a that is more of a reflection. Excuse me of what this team has done in the last month or so compared to how they started the year. Next up on the show, we're going to talk about a potential BountyGate Gate 2.0 scandal surrounding Sean Payton with his new team. I saw a wild internet rumor about this, so we'll address that on the show. But really quickly, today's show is sponsored by Picks. Thanks to Picks, I've had some of the most fun watching football and basketball, winning up to 25 times my money. Now, Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. So here are my selections for the next couple of games here. Starting with some, uh, Monday Night Football, excuse me. With Jalen Hurts and the Eagles going to Kansas City, I'm going to take the less on both quarterbacks, actually. I think this might be a bit of a more defensive battle than people are expecting. However, I do like the more on A.J. Brown. He has played phenomenal over the last month or so. And then what I believe is an absolute freebie is Christian McCaffrey. Half a receiving or rushing yard combined, he's going to get one yard from the line of scrimmage. So, Go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. The link for that is in the comments and description of today's video. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I partially hate myself for even giving Connor, I'm not going to give his last name, any screen time whatsoever. But I've seen this all over Twitter. I've had two people send it to me asking if it's true. So I figured we might as well address it right now. As he tweeted out, an inside source has confirmed to me that an investigation within the Broncos organization regarding possible incentives to injure opposing players is underway. Fake news. Move along. First off, he tries to pose as an athletic reporter by saying he's from the athletes. It's a complete fake account. It is not a real person. It is not a real reporter, and there is absolutely zero investigation going on into the Broncos defense and a potential bounty gate scandal with Sean Payton all over again. No. So if you see that, disregard and move along. Now, what you don't have to disregard and move along from is the incredible play out of the Broncos nickel quarter to Quan McMillan. Now, a lot of people have been calling him McMillan, especially on the broadcast from Monday night two weeks ago. But it is Jaquan McMillan, the 2022 UDFA out of East Carolina. Going into this year, he only had one career game and one start. And that was in Week 18 when Denver kind of shut people down against the Chargers at the end of the season. He came in as the starting nickel, and he entered camp this year as the CB3 behind Kwan Williams and Iseng Bassey for the nickel position. Well, an injury to Kaywan and some poor play from Bassey Gave McMillan an opportunity to shine. And he has balled out. I mean, look at what he has done over the last three games. Two interceptions. One forced fumble. Two fumble recoveries. Three takeaways. Four turnovers, essentially. He has been must-see TV. I mean, you don't get these guys very often. UDFAs that just become instant gratification in terms of balling out in years one or two. Usually UDFAs take a couple of years to work up a little bit no not 29 he has been sensational so far an absolute gem for denver's defense and once again the broncos lead the way in finding the best undrafted free agents. they've got such a rich and proud history of finding these guys and they have found another one here so let's show the guy some love let's let him know that broncos country is recognizing his spectacular play so far Spam his jersey number 29 down below in the comment section. Make sure he knows Broncos country has his back. Switching gears, let's talk about Russell Wilson and the offense. Old Russ, is he back? I don't know, guys. On one hand, they are 4-0 in the last four games. They are back to five hundred. They have really looked better than they did at the start of the season. And Russell Wilson specifically has looked way better than he did last year. However, I think for those of us, and this should be all of us, that watch every single game and every single snap, Russell Wilson doesn't really look like the guy that maybe the numbers indicate. Right? You look at 2,000 yards, 19 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. I mean, those look like borderline MVP touchdown interception ratio, right? However, we're not seeing any vertical threats out of Russ. Maybe one or two a game. And ultimately, it's a lot of short intermediate passes And it just looks like he's a system quarterback that's just going through the motions and not getting us any big chunks of play or explosive plays down the field. So for what he's being asked to do, he's doing a really good job. But for those saying, oh, old Russ is back, 19 touchdowns, four interceptions, I'm going to push back on that a little bit here. And I think deep down we can all sort of agree like what Russell Wilson is doing is awesome because of what he did last year. But let's all remember the bar from last year was 16 touchdowns. That's a career-low bar for him, right? We weren't asking him to go out there and throw 35 and set a career number or a career year. It would just be better than last year. and Well, being better than last year was not hard to do. Now, Denver's offense in the red zone has been stale. They have made 36 trips inside the red zone. They have scored 18 touchdowns. That's a batting average of 50%. They rank 19th, so bottom half, but could be worse, but definitely could be a lot better out of all 32 NFL teams. Listen, when it comes to this team and that ugly-ish win on, on Sunday night against the Vikings, here's my parting words for you guys. This, this fan base should enjoy being 5-5 five and five after starting 1-5, and five, right? This was a team that was deader than dead. I certainly did not see them rattling off four straight wins. We were all campaigning, or at least... of us were, to sell everyone, get draft picks, and move on for 2024 and try and get rid of Russell Wilson as soon as possible. But here they are, going into Thanksgiving, giving us a reason to watch, something to enjoy for the second half of the season, something that we have not had really in a long time. I mean, they were 7-6 and in the last year under Vic Fangio, and then they lost four in a row. However, here they are looking like a decent football team that, yeah, they're not the prettiest of wins, but they are wins. So they can figure out how to get the style points in practice. Great. Do that with a win in the column, not a loss. So don't apologize. Enjoy the win. Enjoy Victory Monday because this team is way ahead of where we thought they would be just a few short weeks ago. Before we sign off, I do want to show some extra love to our Week 11 Watch Party Heroes. An absolute MVP, undoubted performance coming from Landon Dunn. I mean, you want to talk about running up the scoreboard. The Vikings were done. The Broncos were in victory formation. And Landon Dunn comes in out of absolutely nowhere and just starts throwing stacks on stacks and sacks. Landon, salute to you, man. And the same goes for Johnny. I mean, this is not a guy who's just going to have a couple of good games here and there. John E. has an incredible batting average. He comes in every watch party ready to ball out, and he's averaging over 100 yards a game. He is putting together a phenomenal watch party season. I also want to give some love to Mason Thompson, our Pro Bowl recognition from Week 11, because Mason, while he might not have the same punch as Landon or John E., the guy's going to get first downs. The guy's going to move the ball down the field. He's going to come up with key stops on third downs. Mason, what you're doing is not going unnoticed. And now a sleeper, Barzo Avs, someone who tunes in from way across the pond. He's all over the globe. You can't locate the guy. And just like Mason, yeah, he might not have a 50-yard touchdown in his back pocket, but you know what he does have? He's got a great third down play at the goal line to get you six points instead of settling for a field goal. That's what Barzo Avs brings you. And finally, our chat hero, Andrew DeSantis, the guy that kept everyone moving. I mean, talk about a resilient bunch in that chat. This team trailing in the fourth quarter, but Andrew's not giving up hope. Andrew's not going anywhere. Andrew has his head in the game, and he is getting the rest of the chat on the same page for the final moments of the game. So shout out to everyone who took part in our Week 11 watch party, and these five salute to you. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the Broncos Breakdown. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed our content, go ahead and subscribe.